"'To please me?' Mrs. Curtetti entreated, with a seductive charm that Joss felt even outside the door. Then there was a pause. "'Very well,' said Gordon. Mr. Curtenty tiptoed away and back into the street. He walked in the dark nearly to Oldcastle, and returned about six o'clock, but Clara said no word of Gordon's visit. She had scarcely spoken to Topham for three weeks. The next morning, as Harry was departing to the works, Mrs. Curtenty followed the handsome youth into the hall. "'Harry,' she whispered, "'bring me two ten-pound notes this afternoon, will you, and say nothing to your father.' Four. Gas Gordon was to be on the platform at the poor people's treat. As he walked down Trafalgar Road, his eye caught a still-exposed fragment of a decayed bill on a hoarding. It referred to a meeting of the local branch of the Anti-Gambling League a year ago in the lecture hall of the Wesleyan Chapel, and it said that Councillor Gordon would occupy the chair on that occasion. Mechanically, Councillor Gordon stopped and tore the fragment away from the hoarding. The treat, which took the form of a dinner, was an unqualified success. It surpassed all expectations. Even the diners themselves were satisfied, a rare thing at such affairs. Goose was a prominent item on the menu. After the repast, the replete guests were entertained from the platform, the mayor being, of course, in the chair. Harry sang In Old Madrid, accompanied by his stepmother, with faultless expression. Mr. Duncalf astonished everybody with the famous North Country recitation, The Patent Hair-Brushing Machine. There was also a banjo solo, a skirt dance of discretion, and a campanological turn. At last, towards ten o'clock, Mr. Gordon, who had hitherto done nothing, rose in his place, amid good-natured cries of, Gas! I feel sure that you will all agree with me, he began, that this evening would not be complete without a vote of thanks, a very hearty vote of thanks, to our excellent host and chairman. Ear-splitting applause. I've got a little story to tell you, he continued, a story that up to this moment has been a close secret between his worship the mayor and myself. His worship looked up sharply at the speaker. "'You've heard about some geese, I reckon?' Laughter. "'Well, you've not heard all, but I'm going to tell you. I can't keep it to myself any longer. You think his worship drove those geese? I hope they're digesting well.' Loud laughter. "'Just for fun. He didn't. I was with him when he bought them, and I happened to say that goose-driving was a very difficult accomplishment.' "'Depends on the geese!' shouted a voice. "'Yes, it does.' Mr. Gordon admitted. Well, his worship contradicted me, and we had a bit of an argument. I don't bet, as you know, at least not often, but I don't mind confessing that I offered to bet him a sovereign he couldn't drive his geese half a mile. Look here, Gordon, he said to me, there's a lot of distress in the town just now, trade bad and so on and so on. I'll lay you a level ten pounds I drive these geese to Hillport myself, the loser to give the money to charity. "'Done,' I said. "'Don't say anything about it,' he said. "'I won't,' I says. "'But I am doing.' Applause. "'I feel it my duty to say something about it.' More applause. "'Well, I lost, as you all know. "'He drove him to Hillport.' "'Good old Joss!' 
That's not all. The mayor insisted upon putting his own ten pounds to mine and making it twenty. Here are the two identical notes, his and mine. Mr. Gordon waved the identical notes amid an uproar. We've decided that everyone who has dined here tonight shall receive a brand new shilling. I see Mr. Septimus Lovett from the bank there with a the bag. He will attend to you as you go out. Wild outbreak and tumult of rapturous applause. And now three cheers for your mayor and mayoress. It was colossal, the enthusiasm. And for Gas Gordon, called several voices. The cheers rose again in surging waves. Everyone remarked that the mayor, usually so imperturbable, was quite overcome, seemed as if he didn't know where to look. Afterwards, as the occupants of the platform descended, Mr. Gordon glanced into the eyes of Mrs. Curtenty and found there his exceeding reward. The mediocrity had blossomed out that evening into something new and strange. Liar, deliberate liar and self-accused gambler as he was, he felt that he had lived during that speech. He felt that it was the supreme moment of his life. "'What a perfectly wonderful man your husband is,' said Mrs. Duncalf to Mrs. Curtenty. Clara turned to her husband with a sublime gesture of satisfaction. In the brougham, going home, she bewitched him with wifely endearments. She could afford to do so. The stigma of the geese episode was erased. But the barmaid of the tiger, as she let down her bright hair that night in the attic of the tiger, said to herself, Well, of all the... Just that...